This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Live and local from the 1037 The Game Studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana's number one sports station, 1037 The Game. Streaming live at 1037thegame.com and on the free 1037 The Game mobile app. It's Saturday. Time to take a walk on the wild side. Get your Saturday started with an inside look under the dome with the world famous CD. Do you know who I am? I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. On 103.7, the game. And welcome everyone to the Must Listen To Saturday Morning Sports Talk Show in all of Acadiana. This is the show that's causing all this. Hopefully, you're having a great Saturday morning, getting it started off on the right foot. And hopefully, if you heard that, you're able to kind of let it down a little bit and let your hair down. This is going to be two hours of just pure, unadulterated sports talk. Two hours, as always, 10 a.m. to noon. Give you some deets about our guests coming up in just a little bit. But, man, oh, man, we got to start things off with what's causing all this. And everybody and their mama is talking about what's going on. With the NBA, and there's just one thing I think we all got to say right here, right now, that I think we all can agree on, because after all, there's a lot of things I think we can, we're having debates on right now, but there's one thing that we can agree on after what happened yesterday, it's official. Let's play some basketball! Let us play some basketball, and we are going to get some basketball back in our lives. We are having NBA, it became official. You heard it in the two-minute drill. We are going to have NBA honest-to-God basketball on July 31. And that alone is absolutely amazing. Because the fact that it felt like things were going to go back to normal. Things weren't going to be the way they were. And right here, right now, lo and behold, on June the 6th, 2020, we're a little more than a month away from the start or the resumption of this 2019-2020 season starting on July 31st. That's kind of where I want to start off here. Obviously, I can talk about a lot of other different things, but I'll save that for a little bit later. I'm not going to blow the wad with the whole situation, but all, all, all that's going on in the last week. Maybe not we'll get to all of it, but I definitely think you need to tune in and listen in. And thank you all for tuning in on this Saturday morning. And as always, we are coming to you live. From the 1037 The Game Studios, the palatial, the simply eloquent, the amazing 1037 The Game Studios. Baby, we're looking good. And of course, if we're Acadiana's number one sports station, it's a Saturday morning. That can only mean one thing. That I gotta be the best of them all. That just cut and dried. I'm the best. Whether you like it or not, you're looking at the greatest... The best-looking man, the best-dressed man, long limousines, jet airplanes, custom-made clothes, and any woman in the world I want, just like that. It is an amazing, it's beautiful out there. And considering the fact we're probably about, like, let's say, 36 to 40 hours away from a tropical storm, Cristobal, hitting landfall in Louisiana, that's it's a little bit more east, so I think right here, right now, the Acadian area is being spared from the worst of it. But 
give some heart to the people over in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, parts of Mississippi as well, because they can be hit hard with that east side again. We're right now, according to the path on the west side, which you and I know it's not quite the best side, but it's definitely a little bit better than what you'd be getting on the east side. We got we got lucky this we're getting a little lucky this go around, but make sure you still get some sandbags. I'll give you some details about that in a little bit. But again, the NBA is back. This 22-team playoff pool also means a lot of different things. Because obviously, you heard me mention the two-minute drill. Kevin Durant won't be participating in the NBA's version of a postseason because they play eight regular season games. And then if you see the ninth seed and eighth seed within four games of each other, you have a playing a double elimination playing game. Makes little to no sense to me. I'm like, why not just have them play like a game 83, if you will, and have them play one of those kind of games. And hell, I'd love to see that on a more regular basis in the NBA, honestly. Have a game 83 in that kind of situation where you have the 8-9 seed that close together. If you have a tiebreaker, I'd love to see a game 83 be utilized. Or maybe even if they're just one game back. That way you have at least one more game, and that could be very interesting to see who comes out of that and makes it into the field of 16. I think it'd be a hell of a lot more fun than, you know, a wild card playing game like we see in the MLB. I think it'd be just a lot more intrigue. Maybe just the fact I don't like the way the MLB does their stuff, and I'll get to all the stuff that MLB is doing wrong right now in a little bit. At 10.30, having Ian Castleberry on, we'll talk a lot about the MLB and where they are just absolutely positively screwing up and bungling this entire situation. But if you want to call me up, talk about the NBA, getting back in action, 337-706-0111. And the other most important part is the fact that, I think you just think about it, the New Orleans Pelicans are a lot like Charlie from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He's got one thing, they've got one thing, and that's the golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. They have a golden ticket to make it to the NBA playoffs. Because, again, they are have a chance. I'd say they have a solid chance to do so when you look at the Western Conference standings to advance to the playoffs. Again, they're the eight seed right here. They're not the, they're not the eight seed right here right now, but they're a couple games back. The, the Memphis Grizzlies are currently 32-33. and 33. And then the Trailblazers right behind them, 29-37. and 37. 28 and 36 are the New Orleans Pelicans. They've still got a lot of things to do to try and get to the playoffs. But the fact you have a refreshed Zion Williamson, you have a refreshed roster, you have this team ready to go, and they're going to be going out like gangbusters. I cannot wait to see what happens with this eight-game regular season. They're going to be playing a lot of similar teams. I think they're going to be playing the Kings a couple times, and the Kings are just in a whole different mindset right now with everything going on. They had a whole bunch of controversy happen. I won't talk about that on this show because, again, that's just not not my place, and this is not the, the show to talk about it. But, of course, if you – but i got to say, I'm looking forward to seeing how this thing works out. And the thing I like the most is the fact that the – way the NBA did it. It's pretty lopsided in favor of the Western Conference having more people in it. But again, you look at the Western Conference and how things worked out and how close things are. Again, Portland Trailblazers, 
Pelicans 28 and 36. Kings 28 and 36. The Spurs 27 and 36. 26 and 39. The Phoenix Suns. That's a. I think it's a good cutoff line. All the other teams have like in the Eastern Conference. They're sub 23 wins. That's not a playoff team. That's not how things are gonna go. But right now we're gonna go to the game hotline three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. If you want to get your shots up again, I'm the only person inside the studios. But if you want to get into conversation about some stuff, we have the time, and we're gonna get in on it. What's going on? Yes, um, good morning. Hey, what's up, brother? Okay, let's. Oh, not much. NBA. All there right. are other things I want to talk about, but I'll stick to NBA. Um, with the with the way that format is, uh, they're going. They are going Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, and they're not pulling all the teams together. Correct. Correct, correct. This at the is, very end, at the very end for yeah, the finals. This is going to be Eastern okay. Conference, Western Conference. It wasn't what we thought it was going yeah. to be originally where you'd have, and I personally would like to see a 1 through 16 straight up rather than have Eastern, Western Conference because I, I guess it's just the fact that we look at the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, the West is so much more stacked. I think that would be a better determinant to see how who could be the best team in the NBA. I don't think it necessarily works across leagues, but I think the NBA doing 1 through 16 could be a great idea going forward. I could see that, you know, thinking that way, but it would be such an oddity when it would come to to the history of the game that it would just be an oddball to be like, well, well, what happened here? You've got Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference winners, and this year, 2020, you've got Western Conference winners in 2020 and 2019. For the NBA Finals, you know, you know what I'm saying. It would be such an odd, odd look. So they want to keep it the history of the game as is, which is Eastern Conference, Western Conference. I guess to me, and I think it's just the fact. Now, if this were a different time frame, like let's say you know, back in the '90s, whenever you had the Western Conference and Eastern Conference, it felt like at least somewhat they were at least evenly matched. But now you've got all the superstars, all the megastars, all these headline players. These movers, shakers, all the people that everybody's talking about is all on the Western Conference. And outside of like a handful of teams, you can't say that this is going to be a, like, it's not going to be necessarily balanced. It's an easier path if you're an Eastern Conference team. See the Miami Heat from the early 2010s, the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron James came back. It feels like the Eastern Conference is a lot easier path to try and make it to the NBA Finals. It just feels a little bit unbalanced, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and that is true, but that's the nature of the game. You know, that's the nature. That's, that's how it goes. And you were talking about um, the Pelicans being in, you know, not, well, not being in, but having an opportunity to get into yeah. the, the playoffs. And I'm a Pels fan. I, I root for the Pels. I like the whole nine yards. But do you think this is basically going to be an eight-game playoff for the Pelicans, correct? Yeah, it'd be eight-game. they've got to win. They've got to win every game, basically, or at least six out of the eight games or even seven out of the eight games. I'd say six out of eight is perfect. Okay. Do you think that um, Alvin Gentry is the coach to make them want to play defense to win these games? Because you will have to play some defense, and you will have to play some lockdown defense other than just Drew Holiday. And um, we got it. Um, Derek Favors playing lockdown D to – to do what needs to be done in order to get into the playoffs because um, Gentry is not a defensive-minded coach. 
it is what it is. And I, I you know, just, and he's never really got his teams to play the defense that it has been needed in all of us to and I'd have to agree with you, Ron. I think, it, and I appreciate you come, co- coming on the show. The quality was getting a little iffy. I appreciate you. I would have let you stay on a little bit longer, but I'm also kind of wanting to get up against it when it comes to a break. But I think when it comes to Alvin Gentry, I'm a person who's been very anti-Alvin Gentry over the last couple of years. I felt like Alvin Gentry has underwhelmed to a certain extent. He kind of bungled the entire situation with Anthony Davis. Now, was Anthony Davis probably going to leave regardless? Probably. But I think he could have had him sticking around for a little bit longer. The Pelicans got lucky. They got lucky getting his eye on Williamson. Now, do I think that they can make the playoffs? Again, it's very, very tough, people, to try and get into the playoffs at this juncture. But the idea they have a chance of making it back into the postseason is great for Zion Williamson, Drew Holiday, and this entire team. And there's one reason why. Even if they don't make the postseason, this is a learning experience for a guy like Zion Williamson because you are playing against the best teams, the best teams in the NBA. You're not playing against a tanking Golden State Warriors team in the middle of June whenever the games mean zilch, zero nada. That was This is the smartest thing I've seen the, the NBA do in a while. I can say right here, right now, that the New Orleans Pelicans may not make the playoffs this year. But the fact that they were a part of this absolutely helps them improve their stock in the future. Because guess what that does? That tells you, hey... We were close. We came up probably, if we, even if they came up just one game short, you played against some of the best teams in the NBA, and you had an opportunity to play in meaningful games. The key word there is meaningful games. If we're talking about like games that these games all matter, it's it's just like how they always say, you know, each and every game counts. But in this one, it literally does. One or two losses could knock you out. It's a lot like how the college football playoff is. If you have one or two losses on your record, adios, muchacho, we're moving on with somebody else. There is a hierarchy, and the fact that the Pelicans have a chance to be in this competition, even if they don't make the postseason, I feel like it's highly unlikely they have a learning experience. Guys like Zion Williamson would love to kind of have this experience, and I'm thinking about it a lot like the NHL. We uh, We hear about it all the time, about how they have a farm system they have a minor league system like the mlb does sometimes you got to have ahl hockey players play with nhl hockey players to get better sometimes you got to have those kind of games to get better and this is an opportunity for him to get better and improve himself and be on a bigger spotlight to give the pelicans a bigger platform and eventually the pelicans can become a small market but at the same time, a consistent product. See San Antonio Spurs. Is Alvin Gentry the coach for that? I don't necessarily think so. Hell, he's not even going to be in Orlando, Florida, because they're not allowing the older coaches to be a part of it due to the concerns about COVID-19. Because obviously, the older generation, they are affected a lot more by COVID-19 than the young folks. That's something else that's going to probably be discussed at length over the next couple weeks as we get closer to the NBA's resumption of the 2019-20 season. And, of course, they're supposedly going to be starting December 1st, which is going to be an absolute mess because that's such a short off season. But personally, I'd push it back to December 25th because that's when you have the day, like 
you have the complete day outside of a couple NFL games this year. That day is dedicated to you. I think it's a perfect time to start the season. I mentioned it before. Start the NBA on Christmas Day, not December 1. But i got to go ahead and take a quick timeout. We've been talking too long about it, but we'll move on. Maybe we'll keep the conversation going about the NBA. If you want to get in on it, 337-706-0111. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. Most sports talk radio shows go up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome with CD goes one higher. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. Now back to the show that brings the heat on Acadiana's Sports Station, 1037 The Game. Manny, look at it. Pelican play. Come on, Pelican. That is literally everybody kind of wanting to cheer on the Pelicans to victory, and I can't say I don't blame them. Again, I mentioned in the last segment the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans, I personally, this is just how, I th- how I've how i noticed this Pelicans franchise since Gentry took over. And don't get me wrong, what the New Orleans Pelicans or the Golden State Warriors used to do whenever he was the assistant coach over there before jumping over to New Orleans worked for them. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that these guys were built for a faster pace of play, and it was a revolutionary type thing. And everybody wants to kind of like start rolling. And I think the fact that, you know, I got to say, Alvin Gentry, I was a fan of the hire from Jump Street. I liked the hire because, hey, it was a guy that was part of a successful franchise. But the more you started looking at everything, maybe it wasn't necessarily as great as we first thought. And one thing that I've kind of noticed is just the fact that the, that the Pelicans are trying to be more and more like the Golden State Warriors. And Alvin Gentry has made no bones about it. He wants to remain that way. Don't get me wrong. They're one of the fastest teams, have that pace of play. It's on point, but I think that winds up resulting in a shorter shelf life, maybe for some players. Case in point, I think Anthony Davis was a prime example of why that didn't necessarily work. He was a big guy. He's got a big frame, and he moves around a certain way. And... Out, and Anthony Davis kept getting hurt while he's with the Pelicans. I haven't seen any stories of him getting hurt nearly as much with the Los Angeles Lakers. As a, I mean, we saw LeBron get hurt last year, but that's a different story for a different day. Whenever it comes to what's going on with the New Orleans Pelicans this year, right now, I think that it's not going to be viable for a team like that to have an opportunity to use Zion to the fullest potential. That's the key word there, fullest potential. There's a lot of great potential for Zion Williamson to succeed beyond all expectations, and he's shown that from Jump Street. The first game he had, he was absolutely outstanding. He took a while to show up, but all of a sudden, like the Dragon Zor from the Power Rangers, just coming out from underneath the sea, and he absolutely starts feasting on everybody. It was amazing. Draining threes. The dude was unexpectedly great in that one moment. And then he kept doing it game in and game out. He was having to deal with that load management crap. Whatever. Honestly, this may be one. That game, whenever he was pulled with like 
four or five minutes to go in the game, maybe the reason why the Pelicans aren't in the nine seed, aren't in contention, aren't in true contention. Think about it. You've got eight games left in the season. That's one game that could have moved you up or down in the standings, could have built some momentum, could have built something going forward, but they stuck to the plan. They stuck to the strategy to try and save him for later in the season. Now, honestly, of course, hindsight being 2020, the fact we don't have a true end of the season, it's an eight-game season with a handful of teams playing 22 instead of 30, there's a lot of different things going on. I think they would have been better off having him in there and giving them as best of a chance to win as humanly possible. That's what you do if you're an NBA team. You put yourself in the best position to win, period, end of story. If you have to risk it, you got to risk it. The old saying is, got to risk it to get the biscuit, and that's what I think the Pelicans needed to do. Don't get me wrong. It seems like the Pelicans players absolutely love Alvin Gentry. And I'm sure he seems like a great guy. He seems like an entertaining guy. But at the same time, his philosophy just doesn't necessarily click with me. It's very adamant of the fact, hey, let's let's go ahead and run the pace of play. Let's do this this way. I am not a fan of doing things that way. Now, I'm probably wrong for saying that because I think Alvin Gentry, he works. He's worked in the past with the Golden State Warriors. But as a head coach, he hasn't necessarily panned out as well. And I think this is one of the reasons why he's so adamant of doing things one way, a lot like Les Miles used to back in the day. So I could say right here, right now, that's one of the big reasons why I am concerned more than anything about where the Pelicans are going in 2020 and beyond with Gentry still around. Now, could this thing change in the next couple of years? I'm almost certain it can and probably will. Because David Griffin is giving him that opportunity. David Griffin could have immediately fired him after taking over for the dumpster fire that was Dell Demps. Or should I say the Dempster fire? Because Dell Demps was an absolute jamoke from Jump Street. And we saw that that was a big issue. Now David Griffin's taking over. We see what he was able to do back in the gap with the Cavs. There is something there. There is something there that is going to be brewing over the next couple of years. But I think maybe you need a fresh coat of paint and a new head coach to really see yourself kind of soaring over the expectations that maybe some of, some teams in the NBA have for you. But, hey, if you disagree, you disagree. It is what it is. We're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. Here's our guest list for They didn't quite give it out in full, but we've got Ian Castleberry. He'll be coming up next. We'll talk a little bit of MLB baseball. And then UFC 250, a big fight card. We're going to talk about it with Blaine Henry at 1130. So make sure you keep it locked right here. 337-706-0111. Outside the next segment, it is wide open. Keep it locked right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. trying times. The world famous CD follows the simple words of Matthew McConaughey. You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. So let's kick back and enjoy Under the Dome on 1037 The Game. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. 
And welcome back to Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station 1037 The Game at 1037thegame.com. And we are coming to you live from the game studios as always. And it's great to have on our next guest. He's aboard the game hotline. Ian Castleberry, part of Awful Announcing, also does some great NFL chatter over in North Kakalaka and MLB as well. Ian, how you been, man? I've been great, Clint. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right, obviously, with everything going on around the world. But I think more importantly, we'll focus in on the world of Major League Baseball. And boy, oh boy, it just feels like less and less likely each and every day that we're going to have a 2020 season. You know, I, I feel like this past week was the deadline that baseball sort of missed. You know, because if you're going to try and start a season uh, at the beginning of the July uh, July 4th weekend, and, you know, there's been talk that players needed at least two, three weeks spring training, preferably three weeks when it came to the pitchers, you basically needed to start that process now. And you have a, pro- uh, a problem now where the, the two sides, the team owners and the players' union, they're not even talking. They're, they're trading proposals, and now they're just kind of uh, fighting this through the media, you know, with quotes like, we're not going to accept this, this, this is uh, completely untenable, etc. But the two sides aren't actually talking. There's no negotiation. There doesn't seem to be any urgency. So you, you almost have to wonder... Uh, or not even almost, does baseball really want to play? Because it sure doesn't seem like they do. I'd have to agree with you, Ian. And you might call me back, man, because I'm, I'm noticing there's a little bit of connection issue. Just call me back at this number, all right? Okay. All right, look like we're having a little technical difficulty trying to manufacture all of this because, again, currently I have technical difficulties and also add the fact that I'm the only person inside the game studios producing the show and hosting it. Sometimes you get issues from time to time hopefully we can get them back on this hotline of ours to talk a little bit of the MLB obviously there's just no negotiations there's there's nothing going on everybody's kind of at a I mentioned it on Jordy's show yesterday the fact that it's almost like a Mexican standoff these guys are just standing there both in different sides of the desert and nobody's doing anything it is about like as neutral as Switzerland right now and it's weird you know I'm sitting here saying, hey, this is going to be a entirely different situation. And, you know, it's just it's wild. But, again, trying to get Ian Castleberry back on. And I am absolutely blown away by the fact that the MLB is continually not, like, doing anything. They're sitting there twiddling their thumbs and pretty much screwing the pooch when it comes to the season. And we continue to hear about the fact that MLB is losing fans on a pretty consistent basis for a lot of different reasons, mainly because of the fact that the games are relatively boring. The games aren't necessarily what they used to be. The the signed ceiling scandal for some is a reason why they're turning away from America's pastime. The three-hour long games, sometimes four-hour long games, I know whenever I'm running these re-airs of the Astros Classics, some of these are going a little bit over three hours. Sometimes you have a game that could go four hours long if it's an extra if it's an extra innings affair. There's a lot of things going on in the world of sports that I think we're honestly frustrated about. And the biggest thing for me is, and I'm a I'm a huge baseball fan. I think one of the first games I ever went to, period, that I can remember vividly, 
was at the old Astrodome. I remember going there when I was probably like four or five years old, and that was like the first game that I can vividly remember. It's that, and it's a 96 UL Texas A&M game. Everything else kind of becomes a little bit of a blur in terms of games I've attended live. That was a game I'll never forget. And just watching the MLB at that time, it wasn't necessarily the most entertaining. It wasn't the flashiest product. And then we saw the steroid era. We saw the steroid scandal kind of change everything virtually overnight. But honestly, we can sit here. I'm going to tell you like it is. The MLB is pretty much destroying itself. It's destroying itself. And that is not the way it should be. And I'm just absolutely frustrated with all this. And I'm like, my goodness, what is going on in the world of the MLB where we're having like just the how can we not have a season right now? It's frustrating to me, and I'm sure it's frustrating to all the players. And I'm sitting here just wondering what is causing all this? What is the big issue? And I am I'm wondering, I'm frustrated because of the fact that we can't have an MLB season without without these two sides agreeing. And I've always been on the side of the owners for most much of this. But the bottom line is the owners are at fault for all this. The players want to get in, the players want to play. But no, the MLB owners postured. They want to sit there. And they were the ones who threw this out in the first place. They threw out the big money. They said, hey, we want to play. We want to do things our way. And if you don't like it, tough, you know what. But no, the MLBPA wants to get this in, wants to be able to play these games, wants to, whatever it is. They, they said 114 games, which honestly is way too much. But the fact that they want to sit here and say, "Hey, we're gonna, we want to do things our way. We want you to play along with us. You want, we want to play ball, but you got to play ball by our rules." And honestly, sometimes that's a negotiation tactic a lot of us have to use. There is a lot of question marks across party lines with this. But I think the MLBPA is in the right here. I think that's where we're at. The MLBPA is winning this debate right now. They are setting themselves up for a lot of success. And I'm going to go ahead and try, we're, conti- we're going to continue to try and get Ian Castleberry. Again, we have a, we're having some technical issues. Maybe might be some service issues. Maybe we'll try and kick that can a little bit further down the road. Try and try to get, I should say, Evan Drellich of the athletic I'm trying to get him over the last couple of days, but you know, things just didn't necessarily work out. You know, we're going to, Keep trying. And I'm just going to tell him, it's like, we'll, we'll move on from there. We'll kick the can down the road because I'm just like, I don't. Might be some service issues, and we'll try and figure that out as we get along. Apologies for trying to get Ian Castleberry to talk a little bit at MLB. But, you know, things just didn't necessarily work out. But hopefully we do get the MLB season in place, whatever it is. Honestly, even if it's a 50-game season or whatever they want to keep proposing, the MLB season needs to happen. Because if it doesn't, and I have to agree with what I've heard from everybody, the season is done. if the season doesn't happen, MLB is done. And you know who I look at the most in terms of who I'm not a fan of in all this? It is one man and one man only, 
and it is Rob Bleepin' Manfred. Rob Manfred is a jabroni. He is a jamoke. I cannot say that enough. Rob Manfred, there's a big difference between all the other commissioners and Adam Silver. Adam Silver was a guy who worked from the bottom and got his way to the top and was able to kind of work his way into this position, and he's been doing a great job because he's working for the players. He's doing he's working for both parties involved. And meanwhile, at the end of the day, he is, without a doubt, kind of a almost a he was an underling for another man commissioner in Major League Baseball, and that is Bud Selig. You heard me right. Bud Selig. How can we say it right? This guy was He's almost, I, I'm not going to say he's a full-blown ass-kisser because at the end of the day, I don't know what this guy was like, to be honest with you. But I feel like he took over whenever you could have had a guy like Boston Red Sox chairman Tom Warner or Tim Brosnan, an executive VP of business. And ever since 2015, I feel like he's made baseball worse in certain senses with some of his things. And again, he's tried to reduce the time and commercial breaks to make games a little bit shorter. He's advocated for expansion in different markets, and that's a great thing. I like that. But at the same time, there is a lot of other things that I feel like he hasn't done right. He hasn't handled the entire... He, he was big part in handling the collective bargaining agreements in 2002, 2006, 2011. Don't forget, 2002, you almost didn't have it and it'll be season finish because of almost they neared a strike, but luckily they were able to take care of it and save baseball in the 2002 season. And then he wound up kind of saving the day again. But now here we are in 2020, and he got extended through the 2024 season. What is going on here with Rob Manfred? He is a jamoke. And he needs to be taken out. I think the biggest reason why is because of what he said back in January when talking about the World Series title. And it, I mentioned this when it happened. I'm going to try and pull up the clip itself because I don't remember. Exa- I have so many files around here on this show. It's like I have to remember where all this is at. But okay, I found it. So he said the World Series title is a piece of tin. It, it reminded me of hearing this from Hulk Hogan when he was in Japan. Five times World Wrestling Federation champion. This belt is just a toy. It's like a trinket on a Christmas tree, like an ornament. Yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. that somebody who's in that high of a power to say that the MLB championship, the World Series trophy, that's been won by tons of different teams over the years and has created some of the greatest sports moments in history, the Chicago Cubs breaking the, their, their losing streak in the World Series. The Boston Red Sox breaking the curse of the Bambino. The Astros winning the World Series title. And, of course, sign-stealing had to kind of negate all that. The Washington Nationals winning their World Series. The, Mi- the Miami Marlins or the Florida Marlins, whatever they were at the time, and their dominant year, literally, their one year where they were really, really good with Dontrell Willis in 3 and then an entire team just imploded upon itself. You are taking, you are saying that is a piece of tin. You are devaluing not just the MLB, but you're devalu- devaluing one of the most prestigious titles in the history of our great country and the trophy that is our America's pastime, and that is absolutely unacceptable 
But, of course, they give Rob Manfred an extension in 2018 until 2024. What is going on here? This guy needs to be ousted altogether. Build this thing anew. I feel like the MLB needs to be rebuilt in a new image, a perfect image of the MLB. This is where we're at, people. We are on the precipice of having to require change and ousting a man, Fred, that is going to be just ruining baseball. He is one of the key cogs in the, if we're talking about it, I think 10, 15 years down the road, we could be talking about the MLB no longer being in existence. Imagine a 30 for 30 where we hear about the rise and fall of the MLB and the season that was lost in 2020 and how that caused the MLB fan base to walk away. And I'll tell you why they walk away. Because you look around this great country of ours, the fact that nobody, everybody's hearing them complain and cry and moan and all this stuff. And they're talking about the fact that, you know, they're not making money. They're not doing this and that. Well, guess what? A lot of people here in this country and a lot of people here in Acadiana, they're not happy because they're not making money either. Because, spoiler alert, a lot of things aren't necessarily right in the world right now because of COVID-19. And when you see, it's almost like one of those psychology tests. When you hear somebody, especially a multi-billion dollar organization like the MLB, complaining and kvetching and moaning and everything in between, what are you hearing? You're hearing grown men crying, complain about the fact that they're not getting money, that they're not getting paid enough to play to play a game. They should be glad that they're playing a game. But honestly, the MLB... The MLB owners want to make more money and slight the players. And the players are complaining about the fact that instead of getting paid $100 million or whatever they're going to get paid that year, they're getting paid $20 million. Or players who are getting paid a million are getting paid, let's say, $900,000. You're still making plenty of money to where you can be sustainable for, let's say, the handful of months that you won't be playing. I think that this is a mistake. And the MLB should be ashamed of themselves if we don't have a season. And honestly, they don't have a season. The MLB is done. They will they will die out like WCW. They'll die out like the XFL. They'll die out like the XFL did the second time around. But obviously, COVID-19 had a bigger hand in the XFL's failure the second time around. They'll fall out like the USFL. They'll die out like all those old dead brands. This is where we're at, people. The XF, the XFL and the MLB are about to have one thing in common, and they are going to have a fan base. If you lose even like 8% of your fan base, which undoubtedly you probably lose, that's $600 million flushed down the toilet, and that's not a drop in the bucket for anybody, especially in these times. That is unacceptable. The MLB should be ashamed of themselves. Fire Rob Manfred. Renegotiate everything. Figure out a way to make this right for everybody. Hire a new commissioner. Make this right or you lose baseball fans. In the words of Terry Funk, forever, forever. Bottom line, that's where I'm at. That's my opinion. And as Stone Cold liked to say, And that's the bottom line for Stone Cold Central. We're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. We'll be back after this. 
You're listening to Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. We'll wrap up our number one with something entirely different. Let's just go that way. We'll be back after this on 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. Under the Dome with CD is far from your ordinary sports talk show. I am the voice of the voiceless. What other show has more pop culture references than an episode of Family Guy? I just don't want to be involved in any of that mess. Now, back to the famous CD on 103.7 The Game, Acadiana's Sports Station. And welcome back Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com, 337-706-0111 if you want to get in on the hotline. But real quick before I wrap up the hour, I was blown away by something that happened over the last like few days is what's going on with the College Summer Baseball Invitational. Something not necessarily everybody's talking about, but I got to say, I was definitely surprised and I was pleased to see what was going on with this event, basically it's like almost it's basically a bunch of college players. I know there's a couple of UL players like Julian Brock is a part of it. That alone is enough to entice me to wind up watching it. But more importantly, the fact that they had like a really cool format for extra innings, and I think the MLB should try and at least consider adopting something to that effect because I think that would be a great thing for the future of the league. And they, what they did was extra innings, both teams started the 10th inning with bases loaded, nobody out. Tell me that's not fun. Now, I think what's really cool is the fact that it was the first game, 10th inning. You have a five-run rally in the top half. Bottom half was four runs, came up just short of their second comeback in as many innings. We're talking about the unity taken on Liberty in the opening matchup of this tournament. Everything about this is really cool. and they, I think they had a home run derby involved in it. Add as much gimmicks as you can to a sport that doesn't necessarily hold as much attention, per se, as when you look at all the other like sports. I think, that, I think MLB is the one sport in this league, in this world, that can probably do some awesome stuff and just set itself up for a lot of greatness in the next couple of years just by adding some gimmicks, add some flash, add some substance to it because at the end of the day, I think that is going to be conducive to gaining a new fan base and gaining people who have newfound respect for the sport. That is, of course, if you can have a season, for the love of God, give us baseball or get rid of Rob Manfred. The Manfred is a joke. And we need to get him the hell out of that seat. But we're going to go ahead and end hour number one on that note. Hour number two, we're definitely going to be kind of going back and forth with a lot of different things. But we'll start off hour two with another edition of the Fave Five. And it is my Fave Five coaching rants. And I got a lot of thoughts on it. And honestly, I'm just looking forward to it because it's going to be a lot of fun. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD. Hour 2 coming up next on Acadiana's number one sports station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. This 
should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Live and local from the 1037 The Game Studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana's number one sports station, 1037 The Game. Streaming live at 1037thegame.com and on the free 1037 The Game mobile app. It's Saturday. take a walk on the wild side get your saturday started with an inside look under the dome with the world famous cd do you know who i am i don't know how to put this but i'm kind of a big deal on 1037 the game and welcome back. Hour number two of two of Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com is officially underway. And hopefully you're having a great Saturday morning and you're out and about doing so. Make sure you do so safely. And I'm, I just got to say right here, right now, I apologize for those who were expecting to hear guests and hear great content. Honestly, I was checking in during the break, trying to see what, what's causing all this with our phone lines, 337-706-0111. If you've been trying to call in, we've been having issues getting calls in, and calling out is a bit of an issue. I didn't realize that. It was definitely like a choppy signal I was getting, and it makes sense why Ron, who's typically got a really good phone connection, had, was a little choppy. Ian Castleberry, a little choppy. So I've decided we're going to go an extra hour just me talking. We're going to try and do something that's never been done before here on this show, and that is just me, myself, and I. It's like De La Soul in here. But trust me, the old saying goes, like I'm a Jim Rome always says, we've got content for days, and we got plenty to talk about. And we are coming to you live, as always, from the Game Studios. Baby, we're looking good. And we appreciate you listening, whether it be on the FM dial. The tower of power, too sweet to be sour, I'm funky like a monkey, sky's the limit and space is the place. Oh yeah, brother. We are coming to you live via, via the FM dial, the free mobile app, Amazon, Amazon Alexa, almost said Amazon Echo, even though that's the thing, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, all these great things, and so much more. You can listen to us a number of different ways. And I completely, it slipped my mind to bring this up and apologize. And that is the fact that Lafayette Consolidated Government reminds Lafayette Parish residents that its sandbag stations are open year-round with Tropical Storm Cristobal in the Gulf. Residents can pick up sandbags at the following locations during daylight hours. The 400 block of North Dugas Road, located off North University. 1017 Fortune Road in Youngsville. Bags are available at no cost to residents. And both sites are sandbag, self-bagging locations. Remember to bring your own shovel and manpower. Make sure you're aware of that. But more importantly, I want to get into something a little bit more fun, if you will. Because honestly, we're we're going through a weird time. Like America seems like it's almost like on fire right now with a lot of the stuff going on. And I'd have to I'd agree. It's definitely a lot to kind of unpack. But I feel like I should have a little fun with the top of hour two. And without a doubt, I want to get into rants, and that is the biggest thing that I was been thinking about in terms of like the Fave Five this week. Because it could have gone players, could have gone LSU players. I'll probably save that all for a little bit further down the road. Because honestly, 
I feel like we need to have a different conversation entirely about like best LSU players, and I would love to do that, but we'll save that conversation. We'll kick the can down the road, as we like to say. So my fave five this week is going to be a little bit more lighthearted. That's looking back at some of the greatest college football coaching rants of all time. And I had a big debate within myself. I was talking with some friends about the fact that I wanted to kind of get the fave five going with this. And I started thinking about like best coaching rants. I almost like putting in Nick Saban in this, but I said, you know what? Hey, there's so many other great ones that just fit in better into this conversation. And I've got a couple on, I've got a couple honorable mentions, but I'm limited to one per coach. And also, I'm going to have a former LSU head coach in the mix as well. And a current head coach for LSU is going to be in my honorable mention. I'll just give you quick spoilers, but I'm going to give you my top five favorite college football rants or just great college football coaches just going crazy. And honestly, I wanted to go for the most part with like post-game or game week press conferences because those are usually where you get like the really awesome stuff. But at the same time, there was one in particular that stood out to me and I immediately thought about it, mainly because I was kind of just going down a YouTube wormhole the other night and I wound up seeing Alvin's mix from the Jim Rome show. I hadn't heard it in a while. And hearing this line alone made me decide to put it in the Fade 5, and it was kind of the origin for this segment, but hopefully you enjoy it. John L. Smith, forming a Michigan State coach, and he said it best. We should have been in a ball game with fast field goal. The coach had sent him in. We shouldn't have sent him in. That's a dang coaching mistake. That the kids are playing their tail off, and the coaches are screwing it up. The kids are playing their tail off, and the coaches are screwing it up. How can you not love that clip? It's just so short, succinct, and it, it's probably been used in perpetuity. I know I'm a, I, we have on Steve Lassen all the time of Athlon Sports. I know they used that for a while in on the Cover 2 podcast, and it's like the one of the original intros they had was that, and every time I hear him say that, it is absolutely perfect. And play it for you one more time. We should have been in a ball game with fast field goal. The coach had sent him in. We shouldn't have sent him in. That's a dang coaching mistake. That the kids are playing their tail off, and the coaches are screwing it up. And there's, I'm going to bring up one more clip from him because it is absolutely amazing. I didn't realize it happened until like last night. I, when I, again, this is what happens when you start just looking at like different clips over the years. John L. Smith at Arkansas and his demands. <laughs> I've been laughing about this for like the last like last handful of hours since I first saw the clip. Use your chin up. Smile. Smile. <laughs> smile. <laughs> Just yelling at you to smile is absolutely hysterical, to say the least. But that's number five on the Fade Five. John L. Smith is infamous. Coaches are screwing it up. And now we're going to go to a current Fun Belt team, but a coach that wasn't part of the Fun Belt when this clip happened. And we're talking about David Bennett, and he saying, Acting more like dogs and not kitty cats. Trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to the golf tournament for practice, right? Twelve cats live across the road. Our door's open. Screen's broke. We need to get a new screen door. But the screen's broke, so you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look, there's a little kitty cat in our, in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, eh, the cat turns, tries to get back out. That screen won't go that way. Cat starts going, all crazy. And I told our players, we need more dogs. Bo's barking in the back. I have to go shut Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, there's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. 
So I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. The cat's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. We don't need no cats. <laughs> the way he meows is absolutely hysterical to me. <laughs> David Bennett's greatest moment was without a doubt. And, I, and if you look at him up on the Google machine, it is literally like the first thing you see on there. And it is amazing. It's just so like off the cuff and amazing. I can't help but to just laugh at it every time I hear it. Number four on the Fave Five, David Bennett in his act more like dog speech. Don't be like a cat. All right, now we're going to go ahead and bring up the old Mad Hatter, Les, Leslie Edwin Miles. And if you've listened to this station enough, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Good afternoon. Just want to remind everybody that it's Columbus Day, that uh, all those of you that know Italians and like Italians are the people that might venture onto a ship and travel to explore and find new lands. Uh, this is your day. So uh, um, it's not St. Patty's Day. So that's a different day entirely. I tried la- when I interviewed Smacker Miles last year on the day I'm Les Miles was inducted into the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. I was trying to figure out why like he said that. What was going on that day? She didn't really give me a straight answer. It is what it is. But I would have loved to have gotten like the why. What was going on in Leslie Edwin Miles' mind when this happened? Because that was absolutely just off the cuff, and it was it was Les being Les. Let's be let's just be honest, and that was absolutely amazing in and of itself. And you wonder that's number three. What are the other two? Because that is an amazing rant in and of itself, and Les Miles has tons of other great moments that I wish I could just throw out there right now, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to do at least not right now. But I think number two is a little bit different, and we're going to go over to the Big 12, where Les Miles is now, conveniently, but over at Texas Tech with the old Pirate. Now the head coach at Mississippi State has already kind of got under fire for some comments, and without a doubt, he got under fire with these comments he had about players being lack of motivated due to their significant other, and boy, oh boy, it's a perfect segue to what number one is. As coaches, we failed to get through to them. As, as coaches, we failed uh, to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. For one thing, their fat little girlfriends are telling them what they want to hear, which is how great you are and how uh, how easy it's going to be and how you know uh, you know we had, we had, you know we had a whole bunch of people. Everybody wanted to win the football game, but nobody wanted to play the football game. Well, I, I mean that defies every level of uh, work ethic that exists with regard to football. And uh, as coaches, we have to solve our failure on uh, on reaching them. And uh, the players have to listen. And I, I'm willing to go to uh, fairly amazing lengths to try to make that happen. I don't know if I'll be successful this week or not. But, but you know, I am going to try. And there will be some people inconvenienced. Uh, and if it happens to be their fat little girlfriends, too bad. That was just a rant for the ages. And that's saying something. Considering Mike Leach, the master of, like, filibustering and talking about paladins and, and pirates and 
mascots and which ones would win in a fight, which is just – I think that one should be number two, but honestly, I loved the Mike Leach rant because I think that one was more heated because sometimes he just starts going off on different tangents, and that doesn't necessarily like qualify as a rant in my book, but hopefully you enjoyed that little bit. But one more, and without a doubt, number one, I think it should be 1A, 1B for this man. I'm going to give you another one on top of that because I completely forgot we had this lying around, and there's one reason why I love this. But with number one, without a doubt, we got to bring up Mike Gundy. 07, the moment that changed Oklahoma State, because I don't think Mike Gundy would have been around till 2020 as the head coach of Oklahoma State, if not for this rant that kind of like galvanized the team and got them to a better record, and they were able to still be consistent for years to come. Like that was the this was a turning point in the Mike Gundy era at Oklahoma State, and that is the moment whenever everybody heard him loud and clear, just destroying a a reporter's report that wound up drawing a ton of controversy. And here's just a few of those clips, because I, I can't play the full thing. You've got to hear just the clips in and of itself, because they're perfect. Because it's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. And he also had like a couple of lines that were absolutely fantastic in this, and another one that was pro- that's iconic, but not quite as iconic as the one I'm going to play in a little bit, but it's Mike Gundy, get your facts straight, that one's a great drop. So get your facts straight. And he ended it all off, the whole speech. And I think nobody remembers this. This is how he ended the speech. I actually listened back to it this morning before we went on the air. And Mike Gundy's saying, makes me want to puke. I think I'm going to use that drop a lot. Makes me want to puke. Every time I hear something about Rob Manfred ruining baseball and ruining the MLB. Makes me want to puke. Without a doubt. And then, of course, there is his probably most famous quote out of all of this. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'll be able to say that in nine years. I'll be able to say, I'm a man. I'm 40. And how can you not love Mike Gundy for that? But without a doubt, you know me well enough, people. I've been here for six years. You know there's one soundbite in particular that I love. And I think a lot of people who listen to the Jim Rome Show, fans of the jungle, know and love. And that is uh, this. Fat. Fat. How can you not love the fat drop from Mike Gundy? Fat! And that's what I was meaning whenever it segued into the the infamous Mike Leach clip about girlfriends maybe a little bit heavier. That's why I wanted to segue into that. But, you know, that's how it goes. But Mike Gundy's other rant, I think without a doubt, deserves a lot of love. And it doesn't necessarily get as much talk about in terms of great rants of all time. And this was actually from, I believe, not this past season, but the season before, about like 11 years after the original rant to end all rants. And he went in on Twitter. Criticism where? From where? Noise. From where? Twitter, radio. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. It's a platform for people that are sitting home trolling an unemployment check, sitting in front of a keyboard. I'm not disregarding what you're saying. Trust me, I get it at my own house. But, I I mean, I just kind of felt like that social media and Twitter is what's destroying this country anyway. So that's how I feel about it, from politics to sports to whatever. It gives people a platform to 
and then other people are like needling it and they're sitting at home and they're late on a payment. I I love the fact that he did the raspberry live in a post-game press conference. Let me just play back the first few seconds of it because it's amazing. Criticism where? From where? Noise. From where? Twitter, radio. Yeah, I'd give a rat's ass about about Twitter. (laughs) It's so good. It's like one of my favorite clips of all time from Mike Gundy. More than the other one. More than... Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. It's I give a rat's ass about Twitter and then blow. They're doing the raspberry sound effect with his mouth in a press conference is amazing. But I'm going to give an honorable mention to one man who is near and dear to all of our hearts here in Acadiana and Louisiana in general, and that is the Coach O. And without a doubt, one of my favorite, and this wasn't much like a rant per se in terms of how we've quantified all these rants, but it's still just amazing. You know, I used to stop at the uh, Exxon and get a chicken on a stick, and it was fantastic. And I hope that cook is still there, and I can stop and say hello to her. That's about all I remember. This is in Oxford? Or? Yeah, chicken on a stick. How, how, it was it's phenomenal. Good, it's good, good chicken on a stick. Best I ever had. Uh, 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 not better than raise a case. <laughs> <laughs> not better than raise a case, you boy. Coach Fo, where have you been? Artie boy, I've been keeping myself away from that COVID-19 show. It ain't no good. So hopefully you've been able to keep yourself in, in check. Oh, coach, I'm absolutely loving it. You know, I've been able to kind of be socially distant. I guess it's the fact that, you know, I grew up being socially distant and being more of a by-myself, isolated type cat. So I'm actually able to enjoy a little bit more of the life a little bit more and actually enjoying, like, how things have been. It's been slower lately. Things have been kind of, like, a little bit easier lately. Oh, yeah, T-Boy, it's great, man. We can't watch all the Clemson game, LSU Clemson, watching all kinds of film, getting ready for the 2020 season. We're going to defend that national championship. We're going to go undefeated, beat Alabama, beat Texas, beat them all, and we're going to win the national championship for the second year in a row. I love the confidence, Coach, and I think we're definitely going to get that route. Coach Vo, everybody, he is back in the show. I told him he was banned, but somehow, someway, he still gets in. We changed the, we changed the locks to the doors, for goodness sakes. And Coach Fo still gets in. Don't worry, Coach. We'll let you in like once we get closer to the 2020 season because Coach Fo needs to be part of Under the Dome with CD like every other guest that comes on the show during football season. And do you think we'll have fans in the stands this year, Coach Fo? Well, T-Boy, we're going to have fans in the stands. I'm going to be there watching these fans. 100,000 people. They're all going to be there. They might, they're not going to be social distant at all. And we're going to be there. And we're going to have fun. And they're going to be having a Louisiana Saturday night live and in living color. (laughs) Hopefully you enjoy that. And I'm absolutely just glad about the fact that we brought back Coach Fo for one segment only, at least for now. Maybe we'll, maybe, maybe I'll bring him back like close, like later on the show. Who knows? Coach Fo just like pops in and out of here. He's like a ghost, but hopefully you enjoyed the Fave Five. I got a text from somebody. Mike Leach is the GOAT of press conferences. I think we can all agree with that. But at the end of the day, I brought up LSU. You may hear a special re-air of LSU-Oklahoma this afternoon at 3 o'clock. It starts with the pregame show, RP3. He's be talking with Connor O'Gara. No, excuse me. Was it Connor O'Gara? I don't remember. 
But anyway, so he was talking with him about the LSU-Oklahoma semifinal game, which was an absolute ass-whooping and then some on those boomer Sooners, by God. We absolutely loved it, and we sure you did too. We're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. Maybe we'll look back at that game in a different light next on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. Good God Almighty! Under the Dome with CD is a show for all the degenerates out there. You make your rules and we will break them. Let's get back to the famous CD. Yeah. Who will break it all down for us. Yes! Um, I'm in a good mood now. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD on Acadian, a sports station. Promise with myself, I wouldn't sing on the air, but you know what? Just said, screw it, I'm going to do it. You say, why not? I've got content for days. I'm going to have a lot of fun. Obviously, we went a little bit longer with that last segment. But I was mentioning during the last segment about the fact that, you know, the way the, like, Oklahoma LSU game was it was first of all fantastic and it was hilarious just how everything went but I was thinking about this because the fact that the video we put out went like super viral with them uh LSU's touchdowns being called by Jim Ross we made that video well I made the video I should say it was something I did spur of the moment I was like once I saw it as a blowout I was like let me have some fun here and just Break all of the rules, if you will, and just have a little fun with this. So what happened was the like I just basically threw this together. Jim Ross retweeted it and immediately like went pseudo viral and we put it on Facebook. I made a little bit of a better version of the original video because I completely forgot to include a clip in there. So there's a few seconds of silence. So I put the full video up there. JR shared it like the next day about like twelve o'clock. And then the video blew up again. The video got like about like 200 shares or something like that on Facebook. It was probably one of the biggest things we've ever done. And Jim Ross shared it. It was the most hilarious thing ever. I tried getting him on a couple years ago, but whenever I was kind of bringing it up, I was trying to find this clip that I had. I've had like candy for a while now because I've been wanting to play it. And it just immediately, like, whenever I was thinking about like Jim Ross and the LSU video, LSU Oklahoma. I'm sure this is exactly what, you know, JR was thinking at the time. Because I think he was on the sidelines, if not mistaken, for this game. For the love of God, stay away from the different dots. damn different dots didn't do anything to anybody. Probably one of my favorite lines from JR in the AEW world is the fact he was saying basically, the damn different dots didn't do anything to anybody. But hopefully, you know, you've been able to kind of enjoy that video in the past. I'm sure I'm sure if you go check out him on 1037 the game's Facebook page. Just search us. Give us a like if you're not already liking us. That we can see all the latest content and keep up with everything going on with Tropical Storm Cristobal. We'll be posting some updates throughout the next handful of days, so make sure you're aware of that. But also, don't forget, Friday Night's Finest, it's still going on, people. We've got 
the final four of this matchup. And I got to say, it's going to be a damn good final. And I'm going to break it down for you in the next segment. Another short segment, but it is what it is. Hopefully, you stay tuned to hear who the final four is. And we'll talk about that and who knows what else we'll get into. We'll be back after this on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. the show for all the guys that got picked last for a pickup game of basketball. Now, let's get back to one white man who can't jump. It's the famous CD on 103.7 The Game. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station. 103.7 The Game and 103.7 The Game.com. Coming to you live from the game studios. We were originally planning to have Blaine Henry on the program, talk a little bit of UFC 250, but again, some technical difficulties are permitting us not to have callers on this program. You know, sometimes maybe it is what it is, but hopefully by next Saturday, or better yet, by Monday, we'll have that issue solved, obviously with Tropical Storm Crystal Ball bearing down, moving towards the Gulf, moving at about 12 miles an hour. That's something to kind of keep an eye on and see what's going to happen there to see what is really going on. But, of course, we got to get to what's causing all this, and that is Friday Night's Finest. It's a matchup for the ages. You've got, in one semifinal matchup, the number 4 2019 St. Thomas Moore Cougars. State champs und- and had one hell of a season, came up short in a couple games against Catholic High Baton Rouge. A and a really they were a really fun program to watch in 2019. State champs in Division Two, and on the other corner, it is the 2013 Acadiana High Record Rams, ranked as a three seed. They're gonna be squaring off, to determine who makes it to the finals out of their respective bracket. And in the other corner, we got the number 16 seed, the UMBC of this whole shebangabang. Coming out the gumbo bracket again is going to be the number 16 St. Thomas More team. This is pretty much the true underdog story to end all true underdog stories. They went through the number one seed, Karen Crow, the Golden Bears from 1992. They beat the 2006 Acadiana High Reckon Rams, the first of five state titles for those Reckon Rams. Maybe one of the better teams all the way around. And then they beat the 2010 Acadiana High Reckon Rams to make their way to the finals of the gumbo bracket. Then the STM Cougars for 2016, the number seven seed. They had one heck of a road beating number 10, the Notre Dame team from 2000. And they beat the Acadiana High Reckon Rams team from last year. They beat the team that was undefeated. To be the man, you got to beat the man, and they beat the man to get to the semifinals of the gumbo bracket and took on the 1996 Carragher Golden Bears, the Bears team that made it to the Superdome but came up just short back in 1996. So it's 
in one semifinal. You've got the 2016 St. Thomas More Cougars against the 2010 St. Thomas More Cougars. So you're guaranteed to have a Cougar in the final. But on the other side, in that other bracket, we talked about it earlier, the Acadian High Reckon Rams against St. Thomas More. And here's the path of this championship in the crawfish bracket. The number one Cecilia Bulldogs made it all the way to the semifinals, but came up short against that St. Thomas More team that started off beating, you heard me right, and they beat the 2018 St. Thomas More team, a 13 seed. St. Thomas More, the number four seed, wound up also beating the 2005 Bro Bridge team. Cecilia's team came up just short again in the 1995 in that matchup. The number one seed in both of these have fallen. Meanwhile, you look over at the big bracket on the other side. You had a clash of the Titans in this last round with 2013 Acadiana. They advanced. They had one hell of a road. They opened up taking on the 2011 Carragher team that made it to the state title game and came up just short. And then it was a battle of the Wrecking Rams with Acadiana 2013 beating 2014, 66 to 34. And then you had a hell of a battle. It was evenly matched, but 2013 Acadiana ekes out against 2009 Notre Dame. So it's 2013 Acadiana and 2019 St. Thomas More, both state champions. Which one will come out on top out of the crawfish bracket to take on one of those two St. Thomas More teams in the gumbo bracket for the grand finals? All you got to do is go to 1037thegame.com and make your deter- make your vote be heard, make your voice be heard to make sure that we, the people, have the right choice when it comes to the best team in the Acadian area over the last 30 years. I disagree with the fact, you know, the St. Thomas More Cougar Nation has been stuffing the ballot like it's the 2000 election. The hanging chads are out there. We can say the St. Thomas More Cougars are stuffing the ballot like no other. So Acadian High Reckon Rams fans, lend us your energy. Even if you're not a Rams fan, if you're a fan of the Canada Golden Bears, if you're a fan of the Cecilia Bulldogs, you got to stop this world from having a Cougar versus Cougar final in Friday night's finest. Vote on 1037thegame.com. Go check it out right now. And also check out our Facebook, our Twitter, everything in between to get the details about the best matchups in all of Acadiana. And that is really what's causing all this right now on Acadiana Sports Station. Nick Fondo is... Pulling out phones left and right. He's looking like Adam Schefter. He is, has two phones. He's like Kevin Gates got two phones. And he's out there hustling, grinding to get those votes in. I'm voting for those Acadian High Reckon Rams to avoid a Cougar versus Cougar final. I don't want to see Cougar versus Cougar. Honestly, we already had that in the first round. And it was just wild to see. The St. Thomas War Cougars edge out number one Karen Crow. This is the 16 seed, the 16 seed coming out of the gumbo bracket somehow, some way, came away 
with that win. The UMBC Dogs, they have a chance to win uh, the whole darn thing. And that would be unprecedented territory, uncharted even. But hopefully you are on the right side of history and vote for who you think is the best team in all of Acadian over the last 30 years. And hopefully you've been voting throughout these rounds. Because this is the round four, final four next week on Monday. The championship will be crowned. From the gumbo bracket, the crawfish bracket, then we have the steel cage match one-on-one for the fictional 10 pounds of gold. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be St. Thomas Moore? St. Thomas Moore? St. Thomas Moore? Or could it be the Acadian High Wrecking Rams? They're outnumbered, but don't doubt a Ram. Don't doubt the Acadian High Wrecking Rams, as my dad likes to say. The Acadiana High. I, I got to kind of root for them. And also because I just want to play this. Because honestly, it's an amazing song. We're getting to it. Rando's votes. How can you not just say we're gonna we're gonna ram the votes? Because guess what? If you're a Karen Crow fan that was upset over the fact that you know the your team lost in that first round, if you're any other team that faced off against the St. Thomas More Cougars, and you you know we talk about it all the time rocking the vote. Honestly, I'm saying ram the vote. Seriously, ram the vote. I'm just going to keep saying that throughout the rest of the show. Ram the vote. That's what we're going to be doing here on Acadiana Sports Station. Ram the vote, rock the vote, make sure you make your voice be heard and determine who the best high school team is over the last 30 years. And we've had a lot of great teams over the last 30 years, and I like the fact that we saw a lot of diversity. I said to Ben, why not do one per team? But then we get in a whole debate about which team was the best of them all, you know. But honestly, I think the fact we had all these teams made it interesting, made it entertaining, made us think about this. Made us think about which teams are truly head and shoulders above the rest. Which of these teams is the best? And when you look at it, I think we picked a lot of and again, credit to Kevin Foot. The man has been part of Acadiana for as long as Acadiana has been a thing, pretty much. And prep sports has been his forte. He's great covering the cages as well. But I think everybody's bread and butter for him is prep sports. And if there's anybody who's been in a press box over the last 30 years, he knows how damn good this place is in terms of great programs across this great world of ours. Across this great Pelican State. At the end of the day, he nailed it with a lot of these different programs. 92. I mean, you got to bring up all the state title teams. The teams that made it to the dome. So the teams that came up just a little bit short were runners up, made it to the state title game, won a state title game. Teams that were loaded with talent. 92 Karakro, 96 Karakro, both on that same bracket. But both of them, a 
lost to STM teams. That is disappointing. Northside even got some love with a number 11 seed, 2004 Northside. Overall, I think this whole thing has been a great success, and we appreciate everybody for voting on Friday Night's Finest. It is brought to you by Blaine Barrio. Make sure you check it out, 1037thegame.com, to determine who's the greatest of all time. We talk about the GOAT. This is going to determine who the GOAT is. Final Four voting now open. That's where we're at right here, right now. Hopefully you've been enjoying the show. Hopefully you've been enjoying the conversation. I wish I could have you on. I wish I could have Blaine Henry on to talk a little UFC 250. And this weekend is going to be a fan-freaking-tastic fight night. The main event, Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer, two of the GOATs in the MMA world amongst the women. The women's featherweight match is going to be amazing. And we... We're getting closer and closer to seeing what Fight Island is going to be all about, or as some people say, the UFCSEA. Hopefully we'll have Blaine Henry on to kind of fix that issue, because I don't know what was going on with the with the phone line. I guess it's why we're having issues with Ron, and then next thing you know, we weren't able to get people to dial in, which was weird. And then we also, we had a lot of technical issues, but luckily we're able to still be on the air with you, be it through the for the through the tower of power too sweet to be sour fm dial the free mobile app or through your amazon alexa google home and hopefully you're staying safe you're you're doing the right thing going on this weekend because honestly you know we're getting closer to sports coming back we talk about the nba coming back it's the right time for the nba to come back but when we come back we're going to talk about a little bit about the NBA, but also talk about one more time and really let one man have it and one man only. We'll be back after this on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 1037thegame.com. famous CD is a five-tool player of sports talk. He can talk about a lot of different things, even some soccer. Fuel Manchester United, suppose. Sing the Manchester United song. Okay, maybe not soccer. Back to Under the Dome on 103.7 The Game. And back on Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station. 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. Can't believe we've made it two hours without really a guest, per se. We weren't able to kind of go a whole segment where they got Ian Castleberry, apologies for that. And also, apologies not having Blaine Henry on the show. I hit him up at the top of the hour when I was like, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and punt this interview this week. I told him, hey, our connection, he's like, not a problem, no sweat. So I appreciate him. We're going to try and kick the can down the road with those guests. Definitely going to try and get him a Blaine on once we kind of get more of an idea of what the UFC SEA is all about. But honestly, I, I enjoyed this because it, it's I was mentioning it to somebody off air is the fact that this is like a little bit of a test for me because I've never done a show two hours straight without a guest by myself. Usually I have guests, I have content that can fill it. And guess what? This show, I've had to do everything solo, literally nobody around me to kind of like tell me what, or help me steer in a direction one way or the other. I've been here doing the show by myself. And that alone is amazing because the fact that, you know, 
you don't see it a whole lot anymore, especially in the sports radio industry where you've got producers and you've got sports update guys. You've got all these people, all these different moving parts over here on this show. All the other shows, we've got producers. This is the one show where a producer, a host, guy who books guests, all of it. I'm right here. And again, having some technical issues, weren't able to get calls, weren't able to get guests. It is what it is. We're going to kind of move on and run with it. This is a test. This is only a test. So at the end of the day, I think I've aced it. Let me know. At Clint Doming, at Under the Dome CD, at 103.7 The Game. Hit us up. Give us your thoughts on the show today. Grade it out. A, B, C, D, F. Mazar. Some of you might say F. It is what it is. I think this was a solid show, all things considered. And I'm absolutely loving the fact that I was able to kind of do this. Do a two-hour show with nothing but takes and content and yelling and energy. I was getting texts from our guy RP3, and I absolutely loved it. The fact he was like great energy. I think that's what I bring here. It's like I want to have the energy and bring the energy. And when I have guests on, sometimes that energy goes down a bit. But at the same time, when you're passionate about something, be it sports. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and make that my one final take of the show. I'm going to go ahead and before I really unload here, this is going to be my one last take. It was originally going to be Rob Manfred. Barty kind of spilled the beans on that. So we're going to go ahead and go under the dome. One final take right now. Just before we close up shop here on 1037 The Game, the famous CD is looking to fire off one more take before dropping the mic. Is it going to be a hot one? Or is it going to be one he'd like to take back six months down the road? Let's listen in and find out. I was mentioned just a second ago the fact that when you look at the way things are, you know, and people always ask, you know, you're doing, you're doing, like, you do awesome stuff all the time on the air. You know, how do you, like, how is it talking in a world without sports? You literally just heard me talk for two hours almost solely about sports. I could have done the same thing I heard CBS Sports Radio do. Talk about the whole Drew Brees thing. This is not what this show is for, people. Because I want this. I've mentioned it before. The statement of this show is to be sports-oriented. Yes, the Drew Brees angle coincides with sports. But honestly, I think there's a lot of different conversations we can have on a lot of different shows. But I've devised this show to be solely sports-oriented, to be a fun show, to be a brief respite from all the negativity we've been having over the last couple weeks, couple months with COVID-19, and then this stuff happens, and this stuff, we need to have a place of positivity, considerate, safe space, call what you will, but we need that. And that's why I love doing this. That's why I love being here on Acadiana's number one sports station, airing on the Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, Space is the place and sky's the limit. How can you not love being part of this station? Because you can talk about sports. You can talk about all this stuff. And I get to be a sounding board for your takes. And I can have my takes. And we can we may disagree. But at the end of the day, we can have fun with it. We can bring energy. And one of the big things I've always mentioned in like my life is, hey, if you're not happy with what you're doing, you know, what's the, why are you doing it? This is a world, and again, we're in America with the land of opportunity. This is the place where you can be happy. Do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. Honestly, you'll be working. 
But guess what? You're going to be having fun doing it. And at the end of the day, sometimes days aren't great. But most days, they're pretty damn good. But hopefully you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you next week. Hopefully we'll have guests. Hopefully the phone lines will be working. Hopefully, more importantly, you'll be here listening with me. Love y'all. Have a great rest of your day. Astros Classic followed by Recrowning the Champion. And be safe this weekend with Tropical Storm Crystal Ball looking like it's going to be hitting Louisiana tomorrow night. Maybe not during in your house, but hey, speaking of that, if you haven't listened to the new Cajun Strong Style yet, make sure you check it out. NXT TakeOver In Your House predictions outside of the six-man tag that was added right after we recorded the podcast. That being said, still listen to it. Take it easy. Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's over. Oh, yeah! Kick it!